With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. For your awards consideration, Max presents the Emmy Award-winning HBO original series, Succession. As power struggles ensue, the Roy family weighs up a future where their cultural and political weight is severely curtailed. Don't miss the series IndieWire calls the end-all, be-all of TV. Emmy eligible for Outstanding Drama Series and all other categories. Succession is streaming now on Max. From Variety, celebrating more than 118 years covering the business of entertainment, this is the Award Circuit Podcast. If I could, I would teach a reality studies class because I think what can be important about reality television, whether you like it or not, is that it does show us a part of our society that's really interesting to me. And also, reality TV is, especially the housewives, it's a lot about reactions and slights. And the reactions on the show are really interesting to me. I love watching the women react to stuff. Like, as an actor, I think it's so fascinating. When developing her on-screen friendship with co-star Krista Miller, shrinking star Jessica Williams said she positioned it through the lens of her fascination with reality TV and obsession with the Real Housewives franchise. I'm Michael Schneider, and on this episode of the award-winning Variety Awards Circuit Podcast, we talk to two stars of Apple TV Plus's critically acclaimed comedy, Shrinking, starting with Jessica Williams and then later with Krista Miller. It's a supersized episode for Shrinking, all next on this edition of the Variety Award Circuit Podcast. Stay close. Apple TV Plus's Shrinking focuses on therapist Jimmy Laird, played by Jason Siegel, and his daughter Alice, played by Lukita Maxwell, after the loss of their matriarch Tia. The half-hour comedy chronicles as the therapist develops a much more hands-on approach with his clientele and begins to process his grief. The family's close friends Liz, played by Krista Miller, and Gabby, played by Jessica Williams, embrace the Lairds. And then there's Harrison Ford, who plays Jimmy's mentor, Paul, an aging therapist who isn't yet ready to come to terms with his Parkinson's diagnosis. While Liz attends to Alice's needs, at first she causes face-offs with those who also support the Lairds, including Williams' Gabby. But soon, Liz and Gabby are BFFs. And then there's Sean, the war vet now struggling with PTSD, who winds up in Jimmy's house as well. Soon enough, they're all interacting and have each other's back, as this interaction between Gabby, Liz, and Sean shows. Hmm. Sparkling cider? Apparently it's a dry event. Oh, fuck that. I'm sorry, it's just, look at him. He's not just doing okay, he's doing great. And that makes you angry? Yes, uh, explain it to him. She's so mad, Sean. How are you not getting that? I mean, I put in the work, Sean, like eight long years. Eight of them, Sean. We split up and then he chooses to be the best version of himself? Oh, I get it now. Now, that makes sense. Wait, you didn't know why I was mad? You were just going along with it? Mm-hmm. Love you. Love you. <laughs> okay, now I'm on board. Nico's a dick. Nico's a dick. No. Sean, Nico's a great person. Yes, yeah, Sean, you dummy. Okay, back in five, maybe ten. What am I doing? I should be happy that he got his act together. I can't be some petty bitch for the rest of my life, you know? I'll enjoy it for one night. Jessica Williams has circled in the comedy scene for nearly two decades, first appearing in Just for Kicks at 17 years old. Williams appeared in several TV movies, short films, web series, as well as popular comedy films and shows like Girls and Hot Tub Time Machine 2. As she simultaneously guest starred in Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindenwald, and appeared as a correspondent on The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, the comedian hosted the Two Dope Queens podcast with Phoebe Robinson. Once the podcast concluded in 2018, Williams continued her comedy career, taking on more scripted series and films, including Booksmart, Love Life, and now Shrinking. Variety's Clayton Davis and I sat down with Williams to talk about getting to do both comedy and drama in Shrinking, and how she worked to transform the stereotype of a black female therapist, and was encouraged to improvise and incorporate her own takes with Gabby's dialogue. We started by addressing the writer's strike. You know, my strike is, you know, interesting, just supporting writers and... You know, just kind of not working. Uh, I think we would be getting ready to shoot Shrinking Season 2. Um, but, like, I understand what's 
like. I understand it's necessary, and I'm fully in support of the writers. The writers are like the backbone of how we do what we do. Yeah, just, it's so it's it baffles me because it's just so important. It's critical. Like <laughs> you could shoot something terribly, but if it's well written, you can like it's it still is incredible. You know, it, it's like literally the most important thing. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So what you're saying is you could have terrible actors. I guess, yeah. I yeah. mean, sometimes it works. Sometimes it could work. I think the yeah. writing actually is what is the most important. Yeah. I really do. But yeah, that's no, just me. No, absolutely. And I know they were midway through writing Shrinking Season yeah. 2. Mm-hmm. So yeah. production would have started started June, I think. Yeah, we. I think we have a interesting window because we shoot, we like shoot around Harrison's schedule, too, because he's got... A lot of stuff going on. If you didn't know, he's yeah. one of the hardest, of white guys, hardest right? working, <laughs> hardest working men in the game right now. Eighty years old. He's he's so bomb. He's so it. good. He's so good. Like, I cannot believe that I got to work with him. It's like a dream come true. I had been telling a lot of people because uh, not to one up uh, everyone here, but Shrinky's my favorite show of the year. <laughs> Yay! I'm, 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 oh my I'm, god! I'm very Thank vocal you. about this. Thank you. And I inarguably the best thing Harrison Ford's ever done, and I can't believe yeah. I said that now yeah 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 you know i was like and also funny enough i'm like we misused him Mm. for five decades Mm. like we did not give him the roles that he was capable of doing Mm because he knocks it out of the park along with jessica Williams. oh thank you nice segue clayton i love that nice segue no but i think he's he's unreal and i was saying like you you would i would get used to the rhythm of of working with him and he would have I mean, he's amazing the whole time, but he would have takes where you're you look at him and it's like watching an incredible sunrise. Where you're like, oh, that's why you're Han yeah. Solo. That's why you're Indiana Jones. Like, you know what's great about him? I don't even know if he was like misused at all, but he's an actor that to me, when I think about his work, I smell the popcorn and I can like sit in the theater and feel like he's like why one of the reasons why we have movies. Like he's a movie star. He like makes you believe in. In movies, he's one of those actors. I mean, to me at least. Yeah. Um, I think about those big blockbuster hits and how those are so fun and nice, you know. Uh, so yeah, I, I mean, I'm just I'm honored I got to work with him. It's what, crazy. What do you remember about the first time you met him? What was that sort of scenario like? I think he's really disarmingly casual. Like I, I think that he really tries to cut through any sort of airs of being like I'm Harrison Ford. Blah blah blah. <laughs> I think he's very aware of. You know, that we know that he exists, you know, but he doesn't know that we exist, you know, because he's just one guy. But he I, I think he really just cuts through kind of any of the bullshit. He's like a kind of no bullshit person, which I really like. And um, when I met him or I just remember shooting with him for the first time and being very nervous. And the scene that I did with him for the first time was it must have been me, him and Jason in the kitchen, like at work. And. I remember being nervous maybe the first 20 minutes and then I finally like kind of forgot that it was Harrison Ford and he was Paul. He's cranky and grumpy Mm -hmm. and funny and I think when I play Gabby, I really try and annoy him as much as possible, which is really fun for me. But Mm. I kind of forgot really quickly that he was Harrison Ford. Yeah. 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 Well, Clayton is right in that this is kind of the show that we needed at this moment, Mm. I think. Like, you know, we're all kind of coming out of this pandemic. We're all sort of, I think we all sort of, like, we dealt with that in our own different ways. And and we're all kind of, we have maybe a little bit of trauma coming out of this pandemic. We all Mm -hmm. sort of, like, we we just all experienced something bizarre for the past couple of years. Mm -hmm. And it's nice to have shrinking come along. And it's it's kind of this this TV hug in a way. And I don't know if I've cried as hard at any TV show as I have with Shrinking. Mm -hmm. And you must hear that a lot from people. I do. I like crying. I think anytime I'm out of a – my ideal kind of emotional check is between maybe five and seven. Like if I'm I'm emotionally in between a five and seven, I'm not crying. But if I'm anything lower than that or higher than that from being excited or sad, I'm pretty much crying. Mm -hmm. I cry all the time. But um, I was – like I think it's it feels really good to do that, and I think, you know, there's everyone's grieving all the time. You're, there's always someone that you know you've lost, or a marriage, or a relationship that you're mourning, or even just being older and mourning your youth. And I think what's great about shrinking is it's a lot of different kinds of grief, and it's really exploring it. But I also just think you know Jason gives a really phenomenal performance in that, and I think um, 
he's made me cry multiple times when I watched it back too. <laughs> yeah. Of like just kind of just being this ridiculous kind of heartfelt actor, and uh, I, I, that was why I was excited to do the show. Was because um, we got to do comedy and drama at the same yeah. time, and I feel like Gabby, as a character, she swings real. She can swing really hard and do comedy, I think, and then she can be, you know, pretty dramatic and and she's emotionally. Uh, there is a strength back there. Um, and so I, it, it, she was just kind of right in my, in my wheelhouse. And I'm really excited that I felt like I got to stretch a mm. little bit on screen and stretch my, um, my reactions on screen in a, in a good way. And I learned so much about myself doing, doing Gabby, playing Gabby. So I think one of the, the great things about Gabby and why I was so taken by your performance, like many of us in our life have our own, uh, unique uh relationship with therapists mm. i'll take if gabby was my therapist i'd go all the time and what's funny about her is that she is played a lot for laughs but she mm. is undoubtedly the smartest person in the room in the on the show she's the only one that's like making like choices that probably aren't going to get you arrested at some point right you know yeah. like, Everyone, or, or, everyone's or, out of control or, right. de- or yeah. unbarred or, of the three yeah. in that office she's, she's the, the most, the most professional absolutely I think that was always thank you for saying that I think that was always <laughs> the plan when the gentlemen so Brett Goldstein Jason Siegel and Bill Lawrence who created the show they they said you know they only had two episodes written Gabby's not a lot she doesn't appear a lot in the first two episodes but you know it was sort of like they were like, we know what we know about Gabby is that we want her to be a therapist that people want to seek out. So we know we want her to be colorful. We want people to look at her office or look at her clothes and be like, where did she get that? You know, and um, I felt really excited by that because she got to balance out Jason's character, who's grieving this really traumatic event. And and Harrison's character, who's grieving, you know, the loss of his body and this you know, mourning the relationship with his family and his daughter. Um, and so I just knew no matter what she needed to balance them out. So I, I had already seen a lot of Jason's stuff because I'm a big fan of his and I'd already seen Harrison's stuff, but I tried to watch interviews with them and kind of try to be really prepared with their rhythms so that when I came to set, I figured out, you know, how do I play opposite them and how do I make their lives a little harder as a character to give them something to, to work against. Um, so that was really fun. But we, we really wanted Gabby to be really fun. And as a black woman um, who's playing a therapist, there is that that therapist trope of a lot of times people using black therapists as like a comforting soundboard where mm-hmm. they don't have any inner world. Um, it was really fun to be able to play someone who um, kind of says what she thinks and she's she has a childlike demeanor, so she's always willing to just be like, oh, my gosh. Like, I feel like she rolls her eyes all the time. I feel like she's very heart-led. And so, you know, kind of what you see is what you get with her. Um, and as an actress, that's like a dream role to play, especially yeah. since the show is really well-written. And she still makes mistakes. I mean, what is yeah. she doing with Jason's character? Yeah, I mean, what a hot mess express that is. <laughs> just want to make sure oh, that's... We... As an actor, you're always like holding for sound. <laughs> exactly. You're like, I'll save it. <laughs> save the good stuff. I think someone didn't realize we were in here. Mm. Anyway, yeah, what a shit show that is, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, but that's what's great is like, you don't, like, I don't watch stories about perfect people who do things right. That's boring to me. Mm-hmm. That's like not a story. And it's really cool to be able to play a woman or a black woman that makes mistakes mm. because it sometimes they, they put us in this box where we have to be quite, quite perfect and wise and like a sage magical Negro, something like yeah, that where yeah. we can't the, have the, faults. The tropes. Yeah. And so that's, what's really exciting about a lot of the shows that's out today, especially like the, the black women that are on TV today, especially I feel like there's a really cool black women on TV thing happening right now where you get to see these really cool, interesting, deeply flawed characters. But I don't think, we would have been able to, to see that because women have to be quite likable. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think to follow up with that, uh, what I love about the writing and with Gabby in particular, she's black, but she's not like black. You know, right. like she's, not, she's, right. not, she's not such an exaggerate. And this is the diversity that I and everyone here writes about that we want to see. Like she's mm. black. Th- she's a black woman. We could see that. But the character isn't 
doesn't have to be, but it, it is. And we can just do that and have it just be. Looking forward, and I know I think you've spoken about this before I saw it uh, somewhere. There are a lot of people who come up to you and say, like, I think you're great on shrinking. You're like, great. Can I can, can we work together? Like, so it's, it's that after <laughs> yeah. like, people will give you so much praise, but where does it lead you yeah. uh, next? Do you find that difficult right now? Sometimes. I think that's just what it's like to be an actor and yeah. like someone who even like writers too, where you're like just going from job to job. Like I, I know as an actor, you never know when you're going to work next really. And people have to think of you a certain way. Like when I got shrinking, I had just come out of love life season two. And I think that they had seen that and really liked it. And I love life season two, um, which was on HBO max, uh, was one of my favorite things that I've ever done. But I, and I learned a lot about myself as an actor. Um, and, they had seen that and that had gotten me that job. But what was incredible about shrinking was that they they were white guys that wanted to play to my skill set. They weren't trying to have me play Gabby in one particular way. Bill Lawrence got on and was like, just so that you know, the way I like to shoot is, you know, we're going to shoot it. I know you come from a comedy background. I'm going to let you improvise as much as you want. So I got to improvise as Gabby so much. Like mm-hmm. there's so much, even when I watch it back, it's like I don't know where – Gabby and the writing began and and I don't know where like my improvisations end but what was great and really fucking cool is that and this is how it is the white guys in charge whether it's at the network or at you know in the writers room in the EPs because there's always white people in charge that's kind of usually how it is they have to allow that stuff to get past the cutting room floor they have to let you know people of color or queer people do breathe on screen and uh, you know, there I got lucky with John Stewart with that too. Like he let me breathe on screen, and then that made it past, you know, the writing. It made it to shoot. It made it to air. And so with Gabby, there's a lot of stuff that I improvised that needed to get from me to this camera with the director. The director needed to choose it. The editor needed to edit it. We need to send it to the network. Everybody needed to agree on it. Jason needed to be like, oh, that's really funny. Let her do that. You know. That's unfortunately or fortunately how it is. And so with shrinking, it took a, it takes a lot because there's so many talented black people and people of color that do incredible things on camera that it just never sees the light of day and have because people will just stop it or try and put you in a box when you get to set. And I a lot of things went right to make yeah. Gabby who she was. And that was really cool because that that hasn't happened to me all the time. Like I've been doing this for a little bit i've been acting as since i was 15 and you know everybody has to be on the same page and i'm kind of a weirdo and i i have my a very specific rhythm and i've always been like that and what i learned doing love life season two and especially with shrinking was that i needed to find my group of weirdos and my music and just because it's like dating like just because it wasn't a right fit with other shows or i've been fired like from jobs where it just wasn't a right fit before um, or the execs fired me, you know, like from a table read where it was devastating, but it just wasn't my music. It wasn't my band. And I think it's like also speaking to actors too. It's like, just because you haven't found your band yet, don't, don't change your internal rhythm. It's about, it's like a numbers game and and a game of luck and chance and like blessings where you, you kind of line up and you're in the right place at the right time with people that know your work and like, want you to just be yourself uh, but it, it is it's a lot of like acting is a lot of of luck too because mm-hmm. there's so many good actors so many funny people that just aren't on shows that become people's favorite show there's great writers where the writing's bad you know great writers where the directing's bad the network mm-hmm. sucks you know like it just it, it a lot of things have to come together and so i feel very very lucky that those things came together. This could be our new uh, saying. Eventually, Freddie Mercury finds Queen. That's like, right. That's right. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Like yeah. you're, you're, people will be like, like I remember, I grew up here, and like the networks would do comedy showcases and stuff for especially a lot of people of color. And I remember going an audition. I was twenty. I was doing Upright Citizens Brigade and comedy sports here, and I was going to Cal State Long Beach. And I remember walking in and doing this character I made up because it was really in the sketch at the time and. The guy who was casting it was like, hmm, I can tell you're funny, but I don't know what to do with you. Like, I can tell something's going on, but I don't know what it is. You know, and obviously I, I didn't get that showcase. But it was like, he was saying something's going on, but it's not, like, I don't know what it is. And so I think I just needed time to figure out 
you know, what my rhythm was and hold on to that. And then X met Y and I dated and landed on shrinking. Well, you know, it's interesting. You mentioned Jon Stewart and and Daily Show. And Mm. and that's something on your resume that not a lot of actors have, Mm. like sort of doing something different like that. Did that open up sort of doors in that, oh, you know what, Jessica, she can can do it all. Because if she can be a correspondent over here and then an actor over here, we know she has some range. Yeah, that's really – you know what's funny is it's it's actually the opposite. Um, Oh, really? The Daily Show changed my life. I knew I was 22 when I got The Daily Show. I knew when I shook Jon Stewart's hand that my life was going to change forever. I was going to Cal State Long Beach. My parents were like, girl, you better get your butt over to New York and get on that show, you know. So I just packed up and left and moved within the span of two weeks. And um, I was in my 20s there. Um, And, you know, it was just really interesting. Like, when you're a correspondent, it's just a different skill set. It's not Saturday Night Live, but it is almost like being, you know, they're not ready for primetime players in that regard um, in New York. And you're on the grind. There's like late night. There's so much cool. There's like a cool late night scene in New York, or at least there was when when I was doing The Daily Show. And, you know, it's really hard, actually, for people to not see you as a correspondent. Oh, so that, at that point, you're kind of siloed into, oh, you're – The news. People yeah. want you to be the news. It's funny. I've played teachers a lot. I've played teachers a lot. Mm. My last few roles, even Fantastic Beasts, I was a teacher. Book Smart, I was a teacher. Incredible Jessica James, which was in India, did I was a teacher. You know, a lot of times, you know, I think that a part of that comes from, I don't know what it is about me. People want me to teach but, their but, white but. kids. <laughs> 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 they want Do me to teach them. I think it comes from the Daily Show, and like, that's oh, a show about Yeah, giving. so you're kind of like an authority news kind of person, and suddenly you're a teacher. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 I try you're, to and you're safe for our kids, right? Yeah, like, yeah. They're like, I don't know why people <laughs> trust me with their kids <laughs> and their white kids, and people just want me to teach their white kids, kids all the time. Yeah, we're we're going to test this yeah, out. Yeah, they're sure. like, yeah, let Jessica talk to those kids for a bit. You're the cool, fun aunt. Yeah, yeah. that's my dream is the cool auntie, which is part of the reason why I moved back. I'm from here. I have a lot of littles, like nieces and nephews, and... Yeah, I, I see myself as a cool auntie. I don't have kids or anything, but I love I love my babies. So mm. I think there's something in the back there kind of maternal about me where people I'm really lucky people trust me um a lot. And when I'm when I go, especially with podcasting too with Two Dope Queens, which I did for a long time mm. in New York. It was a very New York City thing. We did all our shows in Brooklyn, we did our specials in Brooklyn and I'm very lucky in that when I go to bars now, it's like I live on the east side of LA, so I live in like Eagle Rock. And before that I lived in Brooklyn. Um, I don't really have to buy that many drinks. There's always people that like my stuff in 33. Yeah. They're like, hey, we just want to get you a drink. Like, <laughs> Or there's people, a lot of girls are like, you remind me of my black friend back home, you know? Oh. <laughs> and I think it's like, you could go like, oh, that's like annoying. And I think it did used to annoy me. But then sometimes I'm like, you know what? What's the other side of that? You trust me probably. You know, I'm like your black best friend when you grew, you grew up with. Okay. You trust me. And you think I'm fun. You think I'm playful. And so I kind of just take it like that. Some days I'll get mad and talk to my therapist about mm-hmm. it. But then for the most, I'm just trying to just keep my black ass mental health. You know what I'm saying? So sometimes you can't just get mad about everything. But sometimes I just think it's people mean it in a very sweet way. Well, shout out to Eagle Rock. Woo! Do you live there? First off, that's where my kids go to high school. Oh, cool. So, hey, hey now. Eagle Rock Junior Senior High School. Great. And, I, so. and I'm from New York originally, so I'm a You are. I mean, I can tell. I'm a, I'm a New Yorker. Oh, I knew. I knew when I saw you. I mean, look <laughs> the at the Yankee hat, hat is on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, will rock it till the day I die. Go Dodgers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I thought you were coming next. I think I think the uh, one of the natural questions that we have uh, looking forward in shrinking to season two, which normally everyone comes on here and spoils entire shows, like and what's coming next. So mm. I just want to preface it with that. Do you know what like where your character's headed or where you would like to see her headed? Because now I think we're headed towards consequences. Yeah, unquote. yeah, mm. definitely. I mean, I think that's really important to Bill. It's like being like, I don't, I didn't just write this where he doesn't have consequences. All right, like mm-hmm. he's got consequences. I think that's really important to Bill. I got a chance to stop by the writers' room a few months ago, um, and I love our writers. But I just, I, I looked around, and I saw all the writing on the wall. But I was trying to like. I think I was doing the Jennifer Hudson show, which she's on the Warner Brothers a lot. So I just stopped by to say hi to everybody. But I got a chance to like look at everything. And, and there was like a lot of half ideas. Like, you know, it was like very early in the writing process. And I was just like trying to read everything. But I, I was also trying to not seem like I was reading everything. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to like play cool. But so I got some glimpses as to things that are going on. But 
you know, I'm, I'm not, I mean, I would never spoil that because <laughs> when I did Fantastic Beasts, it was like, you, you literally like, they will, they will come for your family yeah. if you <laughs> say a single thing. So I'm very well trained in not spoiling sure. anything um, and pivoting, but uh, I'm, I'm just playing Gabby was one of the most rewarding and fulfilling things that I've ever done. And, you know, I really hope this writer's strike is like gets resolved and the writers get what they deserve because I really want to go back and, and do that job. It was really, I found it very rewarding. I like the, uh, so the evolution of Gabby's relationship, friendship with mm. Krista Miller's mm. character uh, is, was interesting to watch evolve through the season. I mean, they, they hated each other at first yeah. and started to sort of like really get each other. And by the end, they're, they're kind of besties. Yeah. Yeah. That's my girl. I love Krista Miller. Gabby gives a, I was like, Gabby I get a rock. K- K- Karen a heart. Yeah. I got a, I got a rock. Yeah. Gabby got yeah. a rock. Yeah. Big deal. Uh, which is a huge <laughs> yeah. deal. And it's funny because uh, Krista Miller, who's Bill Lawrence's wife, she also tumbles rocks. So they wrote that into the, <laughs> they wrote that into the show. Yeah, very method of them. I saw her the other day. And she was like, guess what? I went on this property and found tons of lava rock. Like she was like, she's like obsessed with rocks. Um, yeah. Yeah, write what you know, right? Yeah, totally. But it was that was always the plan, you know, from the beginning. I knew that her and Liz would have this really deep relationship. And also, who wants to see women not really like each other? You know, that's like super annoying. Um, and so I was really excited to get into that relationship. And I think when I how I figured how I figured out Gabby was I looked at I applied very specific relationships to every relation, like to every character. So with with Liz, I thought, you know. I do love the Real Housewives. I watch a lot of the Real Housewives franchise, and mm. so to do me, do you have a favorite? Uh, I've been watching Beverly Hills as of late. You know, love that. I love Miami, though. Did you watch the mm-hmm. last season of Miami? It's, um, no, I'm. It's outstanding. I, I it, am the reality person. Okay, here. well, I we'll talk about this, but Miami is great. Like, don't sleep on Miami. Don't they sleep had on to Miami. do some some real. They they shook it up and it's it's awesome. Uh, I'm knee deep in Jersey right now. Oh, that's fine. There's there's some disasters going on. I there. mean, that's classic. Like Jersey's so classic. It brings us it yeah. makes us alive. Yeah. And anyway, so I, I like that stuff. And and I especially think if I could, I would teach a reality studies class because I think what can be important about reality te- television, whether you like it or not, is that it does show us a part of our society that's really interesting to me. And also, reality TV is especially the housewives, it's a lot about reactions and slights and the reactions on the show are really interesting to me. And like, I, I love watching the women react to stuff. Like as an actor, I think it's so fascinating, but back to Liz and Gabby's relationship, I was like, Oh, if I was to hang out with like a real housewife of Pasadena, how do I find the joy in that, you know, between connecting this, you know, black woman with, with this with this older white woman who's going through this sort of empty nest thing. And so I really got to find the joy of what it would be like if I hung out with, you know, any of the real housewives in the back of my mind. Yeah. That's all I was thinking. And it's so funny because when I think about it now, Ted McGinley, uh, it, he could play one of those like real housewives. Oh my God, husbands. he would be perfect. He would be perfect. <laughs> who's also like the funniest. Like I am really looking forward to the next season. Like now they kind of know we did the hard part, which was figuring out who these characters were and, mm. and, and figuring out how, who they are in relationships to each other, but in their relationships with each other. But towards the end, you get to see now they were starting to mix and match all the characters. And there was a lot of really fun stuff with Gabby and, and, and uh, Ted. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're, I mean, Derek is his name yeah. um, in the show, but they're, they're, you know, I'm excited to see where Gabby and Derek go. And I do know some really cool stuff that's going to happen in the next season. that mm-hmm. I really, I think will really, people will be very excited about. So I, w- I wanted to actually uh, uh, a follow up to uh, w- when you were talking about, you know, being a black character. Mm. What, what, um, one thing I love is Luke Tenney, so uh, Sean, yeah. who I, the best way I described it to someone was like, it's, the angry black man role redefined. Yeah. Like yeah. redefined. And, and I think that has such a negative connotation in our world. Yeah. But it's, but like never do I feel like, like any character was in danger. He brought heart and humility. Yeah, to Yeah. He's it. a gorgeous actor. Yeah. He's yeah. so wonderful. He's, Can you talk yeah. about like that. I, of- yeah. I love him. I think he's an amazing actor and uh, there's something about him that, reminds me of the men in my life he's very similar in size to my dad and my nephew and like the men in my family and so I find that very endearing but also he's like a big kind of teddy bear in that way he's always got like a glint in his eye he's obsessed with his wife he's like a newlywed his lovely wife Maria 
And um, he just has like a glint, but there's something very gentle about him as well. And so you're always, you know, as soon as he's on camera, you're always rooting for him. And also his craft is great. Like he, when he speaks, you really listen. He reminds me of like, like Forrest Whitaker or like Denzel mm. or something like that, where he has these really incredible grounded performances, but they're coming. He's like, he has a lot of heart. So um, he's kind of a dream to to work with, but I think he gives so much humanity to Sean where you don't even, I didn't even think about that. That I think in the back of my mind, we were all sort of conscious about not making it an angry black man trope mm-hmm. thing, but there's something just shockingly gentle about him. And I don't think a lot of people can occupy that space. I think that speaks to him specifically as an actor. And also I, I, I know Jason said whenever we do did panels or anything that, he kind of knew it was Luke pretty pretty early on. It was like mm-hmm. a gut a gut feeling. Um, yeah, I heard him on a podcast recently. I'm trying to remember. It might have been Brett Goldstein's podcast, yes. actually. Yeah, films to be buried with. Yeah, yeah, yeah where he talked a lot about uh, being married and and and. The... Yeah, he's just he's like great. It, yeah. Like it, he's like delicious and like just <laughs> a, he's just a gorgeous actor. He's just a really good actor. Yeah, um, and very kind. So he was kind of a dream to work with, and I we were talking about how cool it was that in different scenes, sometimes we could slip in a black English vernacular on shrinking. And sometimes we could, you know, we would just be talking, you know, to white people. And so we, we didn't have to code switch or anything, but there was room for us sometimes to, as actors to kind of not have to worry about code switching on the show. And so that does happen quite a bit. It's subtle, but we did get to do that where certain things made it, into the show that show both his character and my character speaking in a black English vernacular and then, and then also not. Yeah. So that, that improv, I think that's sort of what adds to just the authenticity of this show. Mm. You can kind of feel like it really feels like this is just real. These are real people, real characters. And some of the, some of the best moments are those throwaway sort of lines at the end of a scene, even where you can tell it's kind of, you can tell it's probably improv, but it really works. It's organic. And it says a lot about these characters that all of you added to this show. Yeah. Yeah. It's it was really, that was, I was so happy that, um, I got to improvise and I, I was so nervous my first day. I had like, I had, I had a two week delay of shooting and everybody had started shooting cause I went to Japan and got COVID. It was totally worth it cause um, Japan's awesome. But <laughs> I had a delay in shooting and I was so nervous. And my first scene luckily was with Jason and I improvised. I think my first scene, he's telling me that he took Sean to go fight. And I said, you took a young black man to go fight people in this environment. Really? You know, and that was the first thing that I improvised and they, they loved it. Jason was like, yeah, like that's a, do that, you know, yeah. and Bill hopped on. He likes to come in and out. He's so, he's like a, Bill Lawrence is like a showrunner tornado where he just comes yeah. in and there's like papers flying everywhere. <laughs> he's always like blustering into the room from somewhere and he's this bolt of energy and then he goes, you know, but he was like, yeah, do that. We want you to do that, do that, do that, that, you know? So that really set the tone. Um for me that like nothing was off limits and that I can make black jokes if I wanted to or not, you know, like it was, it was really, it was a freedom. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. You can, and again, you can just tell like this feels like this really clicked. There's yeah. this, the whole group. Yeah. So. It was really, it was really cozy. It was really cozy shooting our show. So what, uh, what else can you tell us you're excited about uh, coming up on your docket oh that you can tell us about? What are you doing? What I'm, I'm just renovating my damn house. You know, <laughs> right now, we're house. in a writer's strike. I gotta support, I'm supporting writers. You know, I'm just going to wait. Yep. Wait and wait. Do you have anything, but tr- anything else except for shrinking coming up? Like, do you have, uh, are you having conversations about movie, more movie roles? Or? I mean, I mean, it really is at a standstill. Like, nobody knows what's happening right now. Okay. Um, I have a movie coming out um, in 2024, I think. I did a Roadhouse, Roadhouse remake um, with Jake Gyllenhaal, and that was really fun. Um, but no. No, I'm just, I, I'm trying to figure out, I'm 33 now, I mean, I can sell 15, uh, work-life balance is the name of the game, and so I don't, I want to do, continue to do things that are funny and interesting and smart. I want to w- go on walks more, and I want to, as an actor, I need to fill my tank and have interactions and hang out with my friends. This is my first time living in LA as an adult, and it's like, all of my childhood friends that I grew up with are here. I'm an auntie, so mm. it's about crafting a life that that i can be proud of where i'm not living to work 
I'm I'm working and doing really specific things and uh, just really enjoying it and, and eating, you know, every morsel. Like, I, I don't want to just work and work and work and work. I want to be wise and smart about my choices. So it'll be something soon. Yeah. yeah, when they come to you with a super mar- a superhero, like a Marvel or, or That's D, funny. Like, that's yeah. gonna, oh, my God, like a Marvel. Is, happen, that, right? is, Mar- is that in-game? Like, is Marvel the yeah, I've made it, do you think? I mean, no. Like a franchise no. thing? No, it's, it's like a side sort of thing. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's like, definitely it's, it's like it's, bucket list, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm open. I want, like, I hope my goal is people see my previous body of work and they approach me like, Jessica, we love to co- collaborate with you. And, like, we like your body of work. Let's do this thing. Yeah. And um, I want to work with really interesting people I can learn from. But for the most part, I love my life. And I'm, I'm not just trying to, like, work, work, work. I, I really want to hang out and bullshit with my friends and that's fun and like party with my friends and redecorate my house. Yep. Sorry, you had a downgrade and work with Jake Gyllenhaal of all people. I know, um, right? JG room. in the house. I mean, what yeah. a downgrade we all, that we all, was. We all have to like, take a step back. It's fine. You can move forward. It was we'll, so we'll cool working with time. him. He's an amazing actor. I He's, was like, I uh, I think Jason's a phenomenal actor. He's one of my favorite actors that I've ever worked with, and I was really excited to do Roadhouse to work with Jake Gyllenhaal. And that he's an insane actor. Yeah. <laughs> Every time you're you're learning, you know, you're making you're it's acting. Hopefully, as two people cooking in a kitchen, and my job, you know, on shrinking especially, is to make sure that I make everybody look good by knowing what the hell I'm doing yeah. when I walk on set. <laughs> I want to make, I want to if I'm doing a scene where I'm bugging Harrison Ford, I want to make sure that I bug him so he just gets to roll his eyes and relax in the scene. You know, if I'm you know, talking shit to Jimmy, I want to be as annoying as possible. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, my job when I work is, especially in the role of Gabby and even in this Roadhouse thing, is to give people, the other actors, is to listen and be present and to give them something to work up against. So I really like volleying. And um, I I got to do that with, with Jake, too. And, and I'm always trying to learn from every actor that I work with. But it's so fun acting, being present. Because I get to play make-believe and I get to forget that I'm, you know, you know, in the United States, like, you know, shooting on the Warner Brothers lot. And I get to just live and breathe and dance. It's basically just like dancing. Yeah. And so it's really fun and really a gift to be able to just kind of forget who I am for a bit and just try and make Jason Siegel laugh, you know, in between, like, while we're shooting. That's, like, kind of my goal. That's Jessica Williams, who plays Gabby on Apple TV Plus's Shrinking. After the break, Shrinking star Krista Miller. From Los Angeles, this is the Award Circuit Podcast. For your awards consideration, Max presents The Last of Us, the HBO original series starring Pedro Pascal as Joel, a hardened survivor hired to smuggle Ellie, a 14-year-old girl, out of an impressive quarantine zone. What starts as a small job soon becomes a brutal and heartbreaking journey as they both must depend on each other for survival. Don't miss the critically acclaimed series Empire Calls, a masterpiece. Emmy eligible for outstanding drama series and all other categories, The Last of Us is now streaming on Max. And we're back. It's the Variety Award Circuit Podcast. I'm Michael Schneider. Krista Miller spent seven years on The Drew Carey Show, then joined husband Bill Lawrence for his animated satire, Clone High, and would soon become a recurring character on Lawrence's long-running comedy, Scrubs. As Scrubs concluded, she and Lawrence partnered again on Cougar Town, and once that sitcom wrapped, Miller appeared in feature films like Hot Air and Breaking In. Miller recently reprised her role in Max's Clone High reboot. In addition to starring as Liz, Miller also serves as one of the series' music supervisors and has also worked on the music of Lawrence's Ted Lasso, Scrubs, and Cougar Town. I spoke to Miller about the show, and in particular, how much they've incorporated some of her own personality into the character of Liz, like her unique rock-cleaning obsession. We began by noting that her husband Bill was originally scheduled to join her here on the mic, but the strike had already begun and the rules prevent writers and showrunners from promoting their shows. We're all still feeling our way, after all. What's appropriate. Um, and also, I'm so funny when I'm with my husband. So that's just, and he can say like nice things about me that I would never say. And, uh, <laughs> you know, so it is kind of a bummer. I know, I know. I wanted to, I wanted to get the back and forth. I yeah. thought that'd be kind of fun. It um, is fun, Mike. So <laughs> we could talk behind his back, though. <laughs> okay. So what, uh, what, what should we know about Bill Lawrence? 
<laughs> well, so Bill Lawrence, you know, during the pandemic, I made him. Um, I created in our downstairs guest bedroom. I, our guest bedroom. I made him a like a pied a terre. I called it, and I put a desk in there. And I was like, "You got to work from there. You can't be bothering me because all he'll just do is knock on my office door a hundred times." I was like, "You have rules." So, um, yesterday he said to me, "All right, if there's a strike, I'm, you just got to trust me. You don't need to make rules for me like you did last time. I'm not going to bother you. I'm not going to bother you in the morning. I'm not going to knock on your office door." I said, "I trust you. I'm not going to do that. That's fine. Whatever you need, baby. I know it's a stressful time. He's stressed." Yeah. This morning, I woke up. I always read the paper before I was get on my day. Bills up. Can I talk to you for a second? Can I talk about the writer's thing? And then the other writer. And then they're doing this. I was like, what happened to the conversation we just had? <laughs> he couldn't resist. He couldn't. He couldn't resist. Yeah. And then he gets. And then he gets. And then he gets carried away because I'll, I'll talk to him. And then I was interested. And then we were talking about things. And why doesn't that person like that person? I was like, you've got to go. I have to. Re- I have to like read my emails and do the New York Times before I get on my day. <laughs> What's he going to do with himself? I don't know. I ran into uh, Brett Goldstein last night, actually, at a, an event uh, for Ted Lasso, and we were talking about this. He, he, Brett was the same thing. He's like, what do I do with myself now? I know. Well, um, he can call me. You know, I'm lo- I love Brett. Yeah. And um, we can hang out. So that's fine. Yeah. I think there's going to have to be a lot of lot of hanging out. But. Yeah, and Bill was like, why are you hanging out with Brett? I'm like, because he's probably not going to talk to me and talk so much. <laughs> <laughs> you got to do it separate. Yeah. So, but yeah, I know they were uh, they they're, they were midway through uh, season two. Right. So they are far along. So I guess everything just kind of goes on stop for now. Yeah, everything goes on stop. So what does this mean for you? Um, stop. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it means stop. It means, um, I don't know, hang out with my kids. <laughs> <laughs> Your kids who are super talented, too, by the way. This this whole family is ridiculous. Thank you. So, well, my son has a – my youngest son has a catering job this summer. So maybe I'll just do some catering. Get You know, get have some income come in. What, your son has a catering job. So what yeah. does he do? He helps – he's working for a catering company. Yeah. And he'll go and serve and – Clean up and do all the things. That's wild. Yeah. Has he watched Party Down? Yeah, he likes Party Down. Okay. I think he thinks it might be that, and it, I don't think it is. Yeah, yeah. And your daughter's a performer. Your daughter's a performer. Her new album's going to come out soon, Charlotte Lawrence. Yeah. Um, yeah. You are proud parents, because I do love following you guys on social media, and uh, you'll be pimping out your, your kids. All like, of them. My middle one's at NYU, doing really well. Yeah. Um, he wants to be in sports. And uh, yeah, yeah, my kids are cute and good. So so all's all's good that ends well so far. But with the strike, I guess the plan to get back to in front of the camera will have to perhaps we'll see. Uh, take a breather. Yeah, I know we were supposed to start in June, so I was gearing up, banking the music. Yeah, because yeah. you're a music supervisor. Which, yes. by the way, <laughs> that's that's the coolest job. It's the most fun, cool job. And it's the most fun in particular when when I'm on a show that I'm doing the music, um, yeah. when I'm the music supervisor for, that's the most fun. Because I, I kind of, you know, acting, I, music will dictate a lot of choices and I work with music acting-wise. So to also think, oh, and then I put it in that scene and that song works for this. And then I start listening only to music that I would think would work on the show. Um, it's really fun. And music is such an important part of shrinking. I mean, it really helps guide those emotions and just the storytelling. So it's a special one. Yeah. So take me back to when Bill said, hey, uh, Brett and I, we've been talking and we got an idea for a show. How, how does that work? What, what, how does – take me – first off, whenever there's a new show, what, what is that first conversation like with Bill? Um, well, this ha- – so we had become – Bill immediately – um, became very friendly with Brett on Ted Lasso. And then Brett would be here and we'd all hang out with Brett all the time. And then I be- was obsessed with Brett. And then Brett said he was writing, he originally, he was writing a, a show, a dark, dark show about therapy. And um, he said, I, and I'm writing a part in it for you. I'm like, I want to do Brett's show. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> crush on Brett. Um, obviously, I'm doing Brett's show. Yeah. And then Bill said, I was also have a, 
thinking about a show about therapy that's a comedy. Let's merge them together. And I'm like, I'm doing that. Well, that's the show I'm doing. You yeah. know, because also, you know, working with Bill, it's a lot of the crew I've worked with forever. It's And Bill always has the loveliest people on set. I'm like, I'm doing that show. That's the only show. So then, of course, I was getting sent shows not related to Bill. And Bill had a couple of other shows. And he was like, but what about this one? And then you'd be I'm like, nope. Nope. Brett's show. Brett it's like, one. it's, well, it's, you know, we combine them. So it's our show. You know, I'm writing it. I was like, right. But Brett's show is the one I want to do. <laughs> right, right. I want to be on the Brett side on of the, the show. On the Brett side of the show. So, um, and then um, his Bill's, the president of Bill's company was walking on the beach somewhere. I won't say where it was. And he saw Jason Siegel and he called Bill and said, oh my God, Jason Siegel should be the lead of the show. He looks great. We should have Jason Siegel. And Bill's like, that sounds brilliant. And Jason's also a writer. I'm like, oh, I'm so, yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. And then, so I feel like I, I, my gut was right yeah. on this one. No, absolutely. And I also love the serendipity of Jason Siegel being the biggest Muppets fan and then Brett Goldstein being the other oh biggest Muppets fan. Well, do you know that Henry just was catering a party that for Jim Henson and Brett was figuring out he could also if he could also be catering the party. <laughs> that would have been <laughs> which amazing. I thought he should have done. He had a show, but I thought, oh my god, you should go with Henry. Just put on like the outfit, like just like pass for around sure. the canopy. Yeah, he was like, "What?" <laughs> that would have been amazing. That that would have been amazing. So so yes, yeah, shrinking is it is something special. There there is like something. I, I think I've told both Bill and uh, Brett this is that it's the perfect show for this time coming out of the pandemic, and I think we're all sort of dealing a little bit with loss and dealing a little bit with sort of you know all of our mental health and and what we've all kind of been through. And so this show is kind of helping us deal with some of those things in the way that Ted Lasso did at the start of the pandemic. This show is now doing as we kind of get out of it. Oh, thank you. I know that wasn't a question, but <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I really appreciate it because it feels like um, a labor of love. Like it's just exciting to be on that, to work on that show every day. It feels new, and I don't know. Like we feel it's special. We're emotionally all emotionally connected. We get stuff out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can tell. And, and uh, it's, it's, you know, good people doing, doing this show too, which I think helps. So, um, and then your character, Liz, is yeah. married to Ted McGinley. Oh my God. The comedy assassin. I mean. We love Ted McGinley. Well, I told, you know, I told Bill, listen, I have very little input. Bill, the reason Bill and I can work together is because he's so good at his job and I don't say anything to him. I don't say boo at work. You know, he, I don't say like, or if when I get a script, I'm like, can I change? He's the boss. Um, at home, not so much. But mm-hmm. he, um, Ted McGill, I was like, you've got a, I want a handsome husband. Look at me. Cute as a button. <laughs> exactly. Look at me. Come on. We're living in a world that I, I have a, ha- you're my husband. You're handsome. I want a handsome husband. Yeah. Uh, not, not no reflection on any other husband. He's like, I want a handsome husband. I think you know, and he goes, okay. So we, they were thinking of all these different people and different stand-ups and different. And I was like, that I would not be married to that person. And uh, then he goes, what about Ted McGinley? Because Bill's been wanting to work with him for years and years, yeah. and for whatever reason he couldn't. He's taken him to network a bunch of times, and he always told Ted McGinley, we're going to work together. And he said, oh my god, he won't have to go to network. He won't do anything. I'll just get him as a reeker. He ended up doing most of them. And next season, he's a series regular. Yeah, as he should be. I as mean, he I, should be. I love that dynamic between your two characters. I mean, on the one hand, I feel bad for him. But also, he seems to be okay with he his stands life. Up. Yeah. He stands up. Also, my favorite is when they were sitting around and they find out, they all find out that Ted has a um, going away party for 250 people. That he has, You know, he has a full life and friends outside. And they're like, you know, 250 people. Right. Yeah. <laughs> But it's funny because usually Ted McGinley will show up in season seven. So yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know why Bill didn't ever put him like on season eight of Scrubs or something at the very last minute. So Ted McGinley's here. It's Dr. Ted. Oh, my God. We're so all, everyone fights over him. We're all so excited to get to work with him. Um, he makes me laugh. And also he's so great because Bill, if Bill's on set, 
and he does this with Ted. He does it with everyone, but he'll do it with Ted a lot. He whispers in his ear, like, say this to Krista, say this to Krista. <laughs> and then also Ted comes up with his own funny things to say. And it's so hard not – I'm like, Bill, you got to give me some warning with some of his things. Like he – and he's so good. You know, he's so I'm, – I'm definitely a great chemistry with him and it's a joy to work with him. I yeah. shouldn't – I mean everyone – all every actor says that about their cast, but we really have um, – except Jeremy Strong. But everyone in this show really likes working with him. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No method actors here. <laughs> Everyone's working like hard. But they can laugh after. Right, right, right. Well, I mean, again, speaking of chemistry, the the friendship that develops between your character and Jessica Williams' character is also sort of – it's been fun to see, to see where it started and where it ended up. And there's sort of friendship goals there. Yeah. I mean, you know, um, on the show and in real life, I'm obsessed with Jessica and we have so much fun together. We have a date this weekend, actually. Oh, where are you guys going? We're going to go to my friend, Cindy Crawford's does a charity called Best Buddies. Mm-hmm. And so she's my date. For ex- is that what? Saturday? So what, what is that so. charity? It's for children that have autism or Downs or, and it's with, to support their parents and yeah their families oh so I, I love that like art imitates life or yeah. life imitates art rather <laughs> yeah my daughter's a little bit of a flake and she wanted to come and I'm like i just you can come if you come but i i was like who would be i want to take jessica yeah i miss jessica oh well, that's fun that's fun yeah so i mean the the that interaction and uh uh, all the different interactions on the show i mean you've got harrison ford doing like some of the best work of his entire career on this show i think i mean it's he he's so good that it takes your to, to work with him. I mean, he'll do a scene and he just shifts it and moves it ever so slightly in the scene. So you have you're like glued to him, you know. And you know, it it's so exciting to be working with every. I mean, everyone. Yeah, I, yeah. I really like working with. I, I love when they're like, "Oh, you're working with Luke this week. You're working with Lukita." It's, yeah. I'm, I feel grateful. Yeah, the young people are great. The The chemistry between you and Jason as well when, when you're giving them some shit is, is fantastic. So, Thank you. Yeah. No, it's just – it's it's such a it's, – it's been such a hug this year, that show. So, okay. So take me back yeah. to uh, the whole process of being a music supervisor because, again, I'm, I'm obsessed with like just that whole role and, and – the you know what you do to plan like what do you have like your Spotify playlist like what what is sort of your yeah how do you attack doing super music supervision well this show is like I did on Scrubs and Cougar Town I I'm using new music except for um, I can dip into old favorites with Harrison mm-hmm. um, uh, but I I like to use new music and I go like right now but I'm doing it even unfortunately. You know, there's – who knows when we'll start. But right. um, I'm banking music. So I go down wormholes and I put them – I put all the – and they're not songs that are iffy. They're all like kind of great songs that I'll put in a bank because even a great song though sometimes doesn't work in a scene. And also I put all the music in on the first edit. So the first edit's very long. Like a comedy, you know, will end up to be about 30 minutes on streaming and the – First edit's about an hour. And so I put the music in then. And then sometimes it doesn't work after the edit. But I like to kind of get it in there and know the feeling of it. Um, and I have a partner, by the way. I don't work by myself. His name yeah. is Tony Von Perview. Um, and it – I mean it's the most fun. Even if like Bill um, was editing Bad Monkey, a show he did with for Apple for, with Vince Vaughn. Mm-hmm. And um, – uh, my partner's taking the lead on that. It's it's more his sensibility, but Bill will call me with like both of us and say, oh my God, we can't, I'm in editing, I can't find a song, I can't, and I have to drop everything, which I love. Like, I'm like if, if there's anything annoying I have to do, it's canceled. And then um, eight hours can go by and it it feels like I don't even, I don't even notice it. I won't eat, I won't, I just, it's like so mesmerizing. I got the the fun part. I'm sure, especially, is discovering a song that was sort of just no one had heard of, yeah. or it's been like bubbling under, and, yeah. and to expose it to people and and sort of be a part of like you know showcasing a show, a song rather, and and getting some exposure for someone, maybe a young artist, up and coming artist. Well, we loved. I love doing that the most because. Um, 
You know, I was talking to the the um, our composer and Ben Gibbard, who's the lead singer of Death Cab for Cutie. Yeah. He was telling me because I put a song of his on Scrubs, and he said we were just starting out, and we were like bought an amp with that money, mm. and we were all able to have you know because it's a chunk of money to clear songs, and it really helped us, and it also gave us some airplay, and then like it just start things start taking off, and so I feel like if if I can give back in some way. I mean, music has given me so much joy in my life. Yeah. It's it's exciting. Yeah, I'm going to see Death Cab at uh, the Hollywood Bowl this summer. That, you, that should be great. Yeah, I'm probably going to go too. Yeah. He produced Charlotte's, um, my daughter's uh, next album, which should be coming out oh, soon. That is awesome. Yeah, yeah. No, you you could tell the Ben Gilbert uh, sort of sound as well on the show, which is fantastic. Yeah. So, um, so back to Bill. Do you, are you a music buff? Do yeah. you love I do. I do love music. That 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 would be a dream job. Honestly, is is to to do more of that. I know it's tough. I talk to a lot of music supervisors, and and they're like, there are a lot of stereotypes about this, but it's a hard job because you have to clear the music, and and there's there's a lot that goes into finding the right music, making sure you can clear it, and 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 really sort of you know going through that whole process. So I know it's a difficult job. The thing what makes it I think a little easier for me is that. Um I know my husband's taste in music. I know that my husband, we've been married 23 years. I know my husband, I have a little more weird taste than he, I mean, I know my husband won't like that. And it's really, I, I, the only, we get into fights when I know a song really works. And then um, he, he's like, no one's get, you know, I don't, and I'm like, just let me put, let, let me put it in. And then I'll have the editor really put it in well. Cause if it's just like, you know, if I'm playing it for him, sometimes he doesn't see it. Yeah. Um, but I, he's also right a lot of the time. Sometimes I put in too sad music. Mm-hmm. You know, and Bill's like, we can't have people want to take their own lives right. by watching the scene. Right. They can mist up, but you don't need them bawling. Yeah. yeah. So it's a little – I mean, I think if I was working with a director that I wasn't close with, it would be very difficult because you can't – you know, you don't know. And then there's too many – Bill really lets me have my way. <laughs> in general, yeah, in, in this in arena, <laughs> not in life, but yeah, with the music. Um, okay, okay. Tell me about the rock polishing. Okay, first of all, I will tell you a story quickly. Yeah, because the rock polishing is too boring. <laughs> so my daughter was at a photo shoot at a little street up in West Hollywood, and she texts me from the photo shoot. It's like three weeks ago. And they're, they're like agates. I collect agates. And there's agates there that are like ones you would get, I don't know, an organ that are like balls that you put some of cut in half and you could see the ag. I was, I was like, what? Where are What's happening? Where did you get those rocks? And she was like, Mom, I just don't know. I don't know the photographer. It was at the photographer's house and I don't know. And I was like, call your publicist and tell them I want to come over and be in the backyard. She goes, I'm so not doing that. I said, Charlotte, you've got to call. And she's like, oh, my God. So she texts her publicist. She's like, my mom's crazy. My mm-hmm. mom's nuts. And we found I found these rocks in the backyard. And do you think – and the guy the photographer wrote back and said oh that's so funny i i sold the house next tomorrow you can no thursday you can come to the backyard the house is going to be demolished and by the way if it's demolished you can imagine how many rocks are going to be there right right i've hit i mean the mother load (laughs) and so so i'm going thursday okay so you haven't been there yet but it is i'm going thursday he's still living there yeah he knows i'm coming and then, um, of course, I'm going to go. I'm going to find out the, when the house is going to be demolished. So, I mean, who knows what's under the house? Yeah. And then I'm going to bro- go, you know, to my cabbing machine and cab <laughs> them and have them be like marbles and look beautiful. And this is the kind of story that will appear in season two <laughs> of Shrinking. It's such an exciting Coming story. Apple TV such an Plus. exciting story. If you want to steal that for dinner party, <laughs> it, you really can. <laughs> You know, it's it's that, but that's the you, real life stuff. You asked, why? Why would you ask about rocks? About rocks? 
Because I like that they take <laughs> slice of life. Slice of life. It's 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 real. So. And in the pandemic, I think you know Brett would be coming over to write with Bill, and I had this whole rock cutting thing. And I, when they were outside, I'd be cutting rocks. And Bill's like, "Can you not with all the writers here?" I'm like, "No, can you move somewhere else?" And I think they all thought it was funny. And how did you feel about them putting that into the the show as your character's uh, hobby as well? Um. I'm good with it because I was good with it because I know how to do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's that's because not a lot of things in the show are in my comfort zone or what I'm used to. It's all kind of new. It's all different. It's a different medium really from what I've done for broad comedy. So it's like, oh, okay. At least there's a couple scenes where I'm doing rocks. Right. And you can actually polish rocks for real. It's like you can accomplish something. Oh, next season we're having a much better setup outside. And we're not – no more rinky-dink setup. We're going to have the real setup. Yeah. It'll be really exciting. <laughs> It'll be really exciting for the the viewers. I feel like this is a spinoff. It's a uh, reality show <laughs> on Apple TV Plus. You know what? Next time, because um, a couple of people ask me, like, can you when you're rock hunting, can you take video? I'm like, it's so boring and it's so dumb. But I might have to make a little rock video. You might. You're, you're... I'm in a black cape and with glasses. Oh, also. It's this is not interesting. You're gonna have to edit all this out. <laughs> I'm allergic to rock dust. It makes me feel like I have the flu, so I have to wear two masks. Ah. I just look nuts. And then when you do it, there's dust all in your hair. I mean, the writers thought it was the funniest thing. Yeah, because it is. And I put it on our back like porch, so our house looks horrible. I know what you're doing during the strike. <laughs> I've got, I'm hoping I have enough light to do it today when I get home. Yeah. <laughs> So 23 years with Bill. Yeah. We'll bring it back to uh, the, the two of you. So um, what's the, the cliche question? What's the secret? What, is, what, what, what works with the two of you? What's, what's the give and take like? I would – I mean I would say marry someone that um, is sexy and funny and kind third. Mm-hmm. Sexy, funny, kind. That was a great TLC album by the way. <laughs> sexy, funny, kind. <laughs> So I think some people would put kind first. Yeah. But I think sexy, funny, kind is yeah. the way to go. Yeah. How about you? Um, I'm trying to like, is Bill sexy to me? No. Are you hmm. with someone? Yes. Yes. Uh, and my wife and I have been together 20 years. So. Oh, really? And what's your, what is your secret? Um, I think very similar. I think we're both pretty kind people. I mean, my wife definitely is. And yeah. And I try to be. Yeah. And... And uh, yeah, I think we just get along. And and she actually, speaking of music, she's a graphic designer and she worked at Rhino Records doing like the music design. And I love music. So that was kind of like our thing in the beginning. So who, who are your, who are a couple of your favorite bands, even if they're older? Uh, All time Depeche Mode. Love Depeche Mode. I just got the coolest, I found the coolest Depeche Mode t-shirt that Charlotte had stolen Oh my god! Yeah, I love Depeche Mode. Yeah, yeah. I'm a you know a child of the late '90s. Yeah. So all the you know Cure, New Order, uh, English you Beat. Know, yeah. All all the kind of late new wave slash uh, post modern uh, bands from from the the late '80s, early '90s. Yeah. So yeah, and luckily most of them are still around and still touring. Yeah. So how about you? What's your favorite of all time or favorites? I'm gonna have to say Talking Heads. Okay. I'm going to have to go with Talking Heads. and um, But I'm with you. I am uh, love English Beat. I love a lot of singer-songwriters now um, that people you might not know. And, um, oh, there's so many bands. I, there's, there's too many to – I have – my taste goes all over the place. I like some rap music. I like all different – yeah, it's it's sort of the the greatest thing, but also the most frustrating thing about the streaming age is that there's so much music, and you know you're missing some good stuff. Oh, for sure you are, and also I think it's um, the way I work because I'm working in songs. I really don't have the time when I'm doing a project to sit and listen to the whole album. I'm really I'm going through quickly to pick out. It doesn't have to be the a top song on the album on the album, but I'm I'm going through. I know like by thirty seconds in if I if it's going to work, what the pickup is. And so these days I kind of listen to songs more than albums, and I used to love really yeah. appreciating someone made an album. Yeah, yeah, 
No, I, I hear you. I hear you. It's it's a different way. I've started collecting vinyl again, which is we also... have some. We've started a little collection too. Yeah, it sounds so fun. I mean, it's so fun to put a, yeah. a record on the record player. And the, the just holding it in your hand and the it's art. Big, and the, I know. Yeah, yeah, and even just like going to a record store and flipping through and and finding the diamond in the rough. Just taught that cart the whole thing of it. I yeah. know. Yeah. So, well, again. Maybe more time now. To, to I have lots of time. Stars. We'll have lots of time to come back and talk about rocks. Yeah. Talk about music, all, all my very exciting life of rocks and music. That's Krista Miller. You can catch all of Shrinking Season 1 now streaming on Apple TV+. And that's it for this edition of Variety's Award Circuit Podcast. Zach Levin edited this episode, and Michael Schneider is the producer. Be sure to subscribe to the Award Circuit Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you download podcasts. Also, head on over to Variety.com and click on the Award Circuit tab to find the latest awards predictions and key races, as well as your daily fix of news, analysis, and reviews. For Jazz Tanke, Emily Longretta, and Clayton Davis, I'm Michael Schneider, and we'll see you on the circuit. For your awards consideration, Max presents The White Lotus. The Emmy award-winning HBO original series is a sharp social satire following the exploits of hotel guests at an exclusive Sicily resort whose stay becomes affected by their various dysfunctions. Don't miss the critically acclaimed series Decider Calls a resounding triumph. Emmy eligible for outstanding drama series and all other categories. The White Lotus is now streaming on Max. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.